All right. So all this month, like a month, a month and a half, pastor's been preaching a series called Together, right? He said that we are members of one another and gave us these puzzle pieces showing us that we're each unique and individual, but we are so much better when put together. We form this beautiful tapestry. He also said that we needed to be connected or plugged in and that some of us needed to be adapters for other people to be connected to the source, connected to each other. And as this was happening, I found myself thinking, wow, this is good stuff, right? This is really, really good stuff. But my next thought was, why don't we do it then, right? Why is it so hard? Why is it so hard to connect? Why is it so hard to get a victory? Why is it so hard to break certain things in our life? That is perfect. Just a little side note, it's helping me today. But, but I said, that is perfect. But I said, why is it so hard? And God began to show me that it's because we have barriers in our life that make it so hard. You see, a barrier, what we have right here, right, causes an obstacle. So then it limits me, and the word for limit means a point by which I cannot pass. This barrier is not going to let me go past this point. So because there are obstacles in our lives, there are limits that we have, and therefore we're restricted. And it's that restriction that keeps us from our victory. It's that restriction that keeps us from the breakthrough, that keeps our lives from changing, not only spiritually, emotionally, physically, but in every way possible. So this morning, I want you to just sit back, take a breath. I feel like the whole service was like, yeah, and I just want to like tone it down a bit. But I want you to sit back and join me on a sermon that I've titled Barrier Free living. Let's pray. Oh, Father, I just thank you, Lord, that you are the barrier breaker, the way maker, that you have all the answers in your hands. And I just pray today that you would reveal those things in our lives, God, that are holding us back, that you would show us how to break them down, oh God, and that you would give us the creativity to know how to help each other. And I just ask that these be your words and not mine, oh God. And in your precious name we pray. Amen. Amen. So one of the people that's always, always, always excited me in God's word is Moses. I've always been fascinated by Moses. I was like, I wish that I could have been there when the sea parted, when manna fell from heaven, when so many things that happened to Moses happened. So this morning... I want to talk about a barrier-free life by looking at the life of Moses. So we're going to, if you have your Bibles, you can turn to Exodus chapter 3. We see the life of Moses in the book of Exodus. And it says, now Moses was keeping the flock of his father-in-law, Jethro, the priest of Midian. And he led his flock to the west side of the wilderness and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame of a fire out of the midst of a bush. He looked and behold, the bush was burning, yet it was not consumed. And Moses said, I will turn aside to see this great sight. 
why the bush is not burned. When the Lord saw that he turned aside to see, God called to, uh, called to him out of the bush, Moses, Moses. And he said, here I am. Then he said, do not come near. Take your sandals off your feet, for the place on which you are standing is holy ground. And he said, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. And Moses hid his face, for he was afraid to look at God. But then the Lord said, I have surely seen the affliction of my people who are in Egypt and have heard their cry because of their taskmasters. I know their suffering, and I have come down to deliver them out of the hands of the Egyptians and bring them up out of that land to a good and broad land, a land flowing with milk and honey, to the place of the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Amorites, the Perizzites, the Hivites, and the Jebusites. And now... Behold, the cry of the people of Israel has come to me, and I have seen the oppression with which the Egyptians have oppressed them. Come, I will send you to Pharaoh that you may bring my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. But Moses said to God, Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the children of Israel out of Egypt? He said, But I will be with you. And this shall be the sign for you that I have sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you shall serve God on this mountain. You see, Moses, we most of us know the story, but in case you don't, really fast recap. Moses was an Israelite. And when he was born, Pharaoh, the ruler at the time, was killing all the firstborn sons. Because he was afraid that the Israelites would outnumber the Egyptians who were in control and would take over. So he began killing the boys, but Moses' mother put him in a basket. They put him in a basket, and they sent him. And Pharaoh's daughter took him out of the river and raised him for her own. So he was raised with an education. He was raised around the Egyptians. He had a lot going for him. And one day, as he's looking out, as he's walking along the land, God moves his heart with compassion for his people, who he sees oppressed, who he sees being made slaves, who he sees being oppressed, and he kills an Egyptian guard. Following that, he runs off, and he goes to the land of Midian where he meets his wife, he starts his family, and it's there that we find this chapter where God says, Moses, I'm going to send you. Doesn't that sound like us sometimes? Who am I, God, that you would use me to speak? Who am I that I could teach? Who am I that I could help? Who am I that I could do these things? You see, the number one thing that keeps us from living a barrier-free life is that we limit ourselves spiritually, emotionally, and physically because God's plan just makes sense to us. We don't understand it. We can't make it work out. We can't control it. And because we can't control it, we end up behind these barriers. And we do that in many ways. Our age. I'm too old to do this. And I got to tell you something. And I don't know if this is going to sound really non-super spiritual. But when we went to the women's retreat, Lee began to pray for my knee. Right? She began to pray for my knee. And by the way, it's not because I'm old. I was training for a race. So, sorry, just had to put that out there. But Lee began to pray for my knee. But all of a sudden, God took over and something else happened. 
all of a sudden, she began to, pro- to prophesy and talk about nations, and I'm going to see nations and everything. And I got to admit, while I was there and I was weeping and it was a beautiful moment, in here, I said, but I've done that. I've gone to Ecuador and Mexico and Ireland. I have gone on missionary trips. I have done work in other countries. I'm like, God, now? I'm 15 years old. I'm like, now you're going to do this? I got a family. Look at my knee. What land am I going to walk on? I got to be honest. I was like, what? It was the least prophetic thing I ever expected to come out of her mouth. And what happened is I was building a barrier even before the prayer was done. Even before God spoke, just like Moses, I had all of these excuses, all of these things that I was building. And I wish I had boxes that every time I said something would just build up. But you got to imagine it, okay? So age limits us. Our education, the scope of the job. Sometimes we hold ourselves back from promotion because we don't think we're worthy. And God opens the door, but we shut it because of our own insecurities. Sometimes we do it because of our health. I have diabetes. I have high blood pressure. Um, I've been classified with ADHD and autism. And, you know, there's, I, I just can't. And those things are real, but they are not who you are. There's something that you struggle with. And what happens is we allow those things to define us. But when they allow, we allow them to define us, they then confine us. So don't allow a label, a classification to say, this is who I am. It may be my struggle, but it's not who God has called me to be. Right? All right. But Moses, like me, continues on. In Exodus verse 4, 1, 2, he said, But behold, they will not believe me or listen to my voice. For they will say, the Lord did not appear to you. The Lord said to him, what is in your hand? And he said, a staff. But Moses said to the Lord, oh, my Lord, I'm not eloquent, either in the past since you have spoken to your servant, but I'm slow of speech. Then the Lord has said to him, who has made man's mouth? Who makes him mute or deaf or seeing or blind? Is it not I, the Lord? Now, therefore, go, and I will be with your mouth and teach you what to speak. He appeared to Moses in a burning bush. I don't know about you, but when Moses said, who am I? I'd say, who are you? He spoke to you in the bush, right? But then he says, oh, Lord, please send someone else. You see, Moses continued to put up these barriers because in his mind, it didn't make sense to him. He couldn't control it and figure it out. But God tells us clearly in his word that he's not in the business of making sense. In Isaiah 55, 8 to 9, it says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. For as high heavens are higher than the earth, so my ways are higher than your thoughts. In other words, if we want to live a barrier-free life, we have to stop setting up those limits that keep us controlled. And we have to begin to walk in faith, to walk in trust, to walk in belief, to know that when God said to Moses, what have you got in your hand? God says to you, I've given you the tools you need in your hand. You need to start exercising them so you can begin to move these barriers aside. You know, it didn't make sense 
that Moses should be called, somebody with a speech impediment, someone that really, he was privileged, right? Because he didn't suffer the way that the Israelites suffered. It didn't make sense that God would talk to us and tell us in the book of Israel that in the book of Exodus that he should lead. It didn't make sense for God to pick Mary, a young virgin, to give birth to the Messiah. And you find that in many of the Gospels, Luke chapter 1. It didn't make sense that God would pick a young shepherd boy out of his brothers in 1 Samuel to become a king, and that was David. Now, Pastor George also, and I hope I don't get in trouble because I forgot to ask them before I got up here, but they've already shared their testimony, so I took a piece of it. Let me bring it to today's time because sometimes there's a disconnect between the word and what happens in real life for us, right? We say those are for old times. Well, let me tell you something, church. It doesn't make sense that God would take a Cuban Puerto Rican mixed up with Santeria and a woman raised in abuse to come together and form this church where we would call the Sanctuary Fellowship, right? It doesn't make sense that God would take a kid raised in a crack-addicted home with poverty and all sorts of abuse and bring him here week after week to lead us in worship, singing, I'm going to sing a victory. I'll raise a hallelujah. It doesn't make sense that God would take a Jewish activist, a white man raised with so much challenge, and bring him to be our associate pastor, the book of Gary Fishman. And it most certainly does not make sense that God would take a young woman sold into this country who has endured more than anyone should possibly ever endure, would connect her to a man as equally passionate for God and that they would come to this house to bring healing to women, to men, and to all who would listen to them. You see, our real-life people chose to remove the barriers of past, of hurt, of abuse, of injustice. They moved it out of their way because they knew what they had in their hand. They knew that there was a higher calling, that there was a victory, that just like Moses when God says, and when you arrive, you're going to worship. You're going to meet us right here at this mountain. They knew that God was with them and that God would lead them to victory. So church, if we want to live a barrier-free life, stop limiting yourselves physically, emotionally, or spiritually because God doesn't do that. So let's not do that, okay? The second thing we need to do if we want a barrier-free life, we need to know when to ask for help, right? Oh, I know that's a hard one. Some people say amen. Some people are like, I don't know. All right. So again, I'm going to read to you the story of Moses. At this point, Moses is leading the people, right? He's leading the people, and we're in Exodus chapter 18. And his father-in-law, you know, just because, oh, we're okay. I'm looking at the time. Uh, So in verse 3, it says, The next day Moses took his seat to serve as judge for the people, and they stood around him from morning till evening. When his father-in-law saw all that Moses was doing for the people, He said, why are you doing this for the people? Why do you alone sit as the judge while all these people stand around you from morning till evening? Moses answered him, because the people come to me to seek God's will. Whenever they have a dispute, it's brought to me, and I decide between the parties to inform them of God's decrees and instructions. Moses' father-in-law replied, 
what you're doing is not good. You and these people who come to you will only wear yourselves out. The work is too heavy. You can't handle it alone. Listen now to me, and I'll give you some advice, and may God be with you. You must be the people's representative before God and bring their disputes to him. Teach them his decrees and instructions and show them the way they are to live and how they are to behave. But select capable men from all the people who fear God, trustworthy men who hate dishonest gain, and appoint them as officials for the people at all times, but have them bring every difficult case to you, the simple ones they can decide themselves. That will make your load lighter because they will share it with you. If you do this and God so commands, you will be able to stand the strain and people will go home satisfied. Okay? So if you want to bring a barrier-free life, you got to ask for help. And if someone's telling you they need help, we need to listen. See, Moses was able to listen to his father-in-law. You're right. It's unhealthy to be here day in and day out. And so he took the help. All right, here comes my connection. And I did ask this person's permission. But I have a good friend. And I don't know if you're watching online, but if you are, I miss you. And she even said I can say her name, so I'm going to go and say her name. My friend Leda. She used to come to our church, and she posted this great testimony, right? Oh, after eight years, I've paid off my car. I'm having financial victory. I'm in a good place. I'm happy. I'm good. And then she started to list all the hardship that she went through. And as I continued to read, I got angrier and angrier and angrier. And part of the reason I had to call her, I feel I had to ask for forgiveness because I was so mad at her. And I said, why didn't you ask for help? People, the second barrier that we put in front of ourselves is pride. And I say it also because she said it to me. It was pride. I was raised. You don't say what goes on in the house. You don't tell anyone what happens in here. If we have a can of milk, we're drinking a can of milk together. And a part of me, when I was reading that that thing. I'm like, why didn't she ask for help? I was offended. I was insulted, you know? And I was like, well, fine. Then suffer because you chose to suffer, right? I got real, like, angry. But that was her barrier, right? Now, I know that there's all sorts of reasons why we don't ask for help. And I'll share her reason for not asking. But the other day, Pastor George, and I don't know where my little bag of tricks is, if I have my little thingy. All right. Well, we'll just imagine it. The other day he talked to us about a power strip. Oh, here it is. Thank you. He talked to us about being an adapter. And in my mind, I was like, but Leda, you should have told me because I would have connected to you. Right. And then look, there's room for a whole bunch of other people and they could have helped you too. I would have given access. We would have torn down that barrier, right, of financial strain, and you would have had access. But I didn't know. And she said to me, but there were people who knew in my life, and they knew, and they didn't do anything. So you know what? It's good that we become adapters, church, but we also need to know the kind of adapter to be. We need to be sensitive to our brethren. We need to ask questions. We need to be someone that when they come to us broken, hurt, or even struggling, that our response would be like Jethro. I'm going to give you some advice, 
And I'm going to pray with you also that you be able to take it and then help. So I was hurt. I was hurt. Oh, let me move this before I get more hurt. So I was hurt. (laughs) Jesus. So I was hurt. And I said, you know, Lord, but she said, but some people didn't notice. And she said, Mo, it was pride. It was pride that kept me from asking. And then she told me a beautiful story of how our pastor and his wife helped her to get her to the place where she was stable. So she found, she found help in the house of God, even though many of us didn't know. But people, I'm going to tell you, it's okay to ask for help. It's okay to get counseling outside of church. It's okay to use medication if you need medication. If you want to break down these barriers, forget about pride. Do whatever you need to do to get the help you need because God wants you to be healthy. He wants to restore you. He wants to lift you up. He wants to use you. He wants to break that thing in your life that you've been struggling with forever. But some of us need help to do that right? She said to me, you know, Mo, people knew and they didn't do it. The other side note for us adapters, sometimes we need to do more than just pray. If we want to help somebody's barriers break down, sometimes we just got to go. We just have to be the hands and feet. We just have to provide the funds. We just have to maybe join them and take them to rehab. We have to be the ones to have the hands and feet. And I'll tell you recently, on, um, I have a good friend who was in an accident. And I remember when I got the call, can you come? Okay. <laughs> I'm thinking, I'm in pain. I'm using a cane. What am I going to do? Right? What am I going to do? Right away, I put a limit on myself. But God wasn't asking me to do anything. God was asking me to bring support, to just stand, to just be next to them. See, it doesn't make sense all the time. The timing, God's timing. Sometimes he'll tell you to give when you don't have to give. Has that ever happened to you? (laughs) That God will say, give your life. I remember (laughs) when this church was formed and we, (laughs) I'm feeling all sorts of unspiritual today. But when (laughs) when this church was formed and I remember that a woman got up from the congregation and she says, our pastor is saying we need help because we're going to lose this building. We got to buy this building. And I remember taxes had just come in. I think it was like March. And I was so excited because I was going to use that money to pay off bills. (laughs) And I was so excited. But God told me to give it. And I did. And I'm so glad that I did. Because right now on this other side of the wall, There's great things going on in our kids. So you know what? When we give, God will multiply it and use it. Galatians 6.2 says, bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. All right. So in review, we want a barrier-free life. We want to move this thing. Let's identify, right, those things emotionally, spiritually, and physically that limit us. Number two. If we want to live a barrier-free life, we got to cry for help. And if you can't cry for help to each other, you cry to help for God, right? Because it says that his ear is attuned to us, that he listens to our cry. He listens to our cry. The last thing that we need 
if we're going to move these barriers in our life so that we can continue to walk in victory, we need to learn how to use our weapons. He said to Moses, what do you got in your hand? Moses said, I'm slow of speech. Okay, so I'll give you Aaron to talk for you, and you're going to work it out together. Oh, I can't cross the sea. All right, we'll put that rod down, and the sea is going to open. We have spiritual weapons at our disposal. The problem is, do we know how to use them? So I asked, oh, Lord. (laughs) All right. That's right. Uh Uh-oh. My husband asked me, which sword do you want to use, the little one or the big one? I said, oh, no, give me the big one, right? Because I don't want to limit what I'm capable of doing. He says, it's heavy. I said, I know. You see, we have weapons, and I know I've been heavy on Scripture today, but the reason that I've been heavy on Scripture, it's because it's the greatest weapon that we have, right? It is the greatest weapon we have. I got to tell you that it was about this time last year, and I wanted to find the clip so badly to show it first, but I just didn't have the patience to go through a year of services. Sorry. But it was a clip. You see, my daughter was on her way to college, and I was really stressed. For those of you who know me, for those of you who know me, my spreadsheets have spreadsheets for finances. I know every penny. I stress every penny. You could leave it there. I'm going to use it again. Oh, he doesn't want me to trip. So, so I, I know when it comes to money, like you said, you know, it hurt me to give that money. when I was going to pay for bills, but I used it, right? And I said, and I remember, I kept repeating during that season, my God shall provide all of my needs according to his riches and glory. And every time I would get stressed, Um, stressed. My God shall supply all my needs according to his riches and glory. And I kept repeating it and repeating it. And I remember one day during worship, something God unleashed in me. And I remember saying to you, I don't know how I'm going to pay for college, but I sure am looking forward to seeing how he's going to show off. Because I knew that I could stand on that scripture and that God would answer So now I'm going to testify how he showed off because God is so, so good, right? A few weeks later, and this, you can't make this up. Like this has to be totally God, right? My daughter gets a text. She's like, Mom, so-and-so wants to pay for my prom dress. I said, they do? Oh, that's very nice of them, but they don't have to do that. You know, I call, you know, you really don't have to do this because, no, no, God put it on my heart. Let me tell you, women of this church, thank you. Because it started an onslaught of the shoes were paid for, the nails were paid for, the hair was paid for, the dress was paid for. Somehow, miraculously, graduation expenses got paid for. My son's baseball things got paid for. It was like, and at the time, I felt like I was like the little rascals. Have you ever seen that episode where the money is flying out of the window? Right? But it didn't matter because the money was coming down and I was sending it out and the money was coming down and I was but it gets better. So I had put aside some money, right? Because I didn't, we didn't qualify for any uh, federal aid or anything, but I was so happy because we did qualify for the Excelsior scholarship. So tuition paid, 
right? Tuition paid. But it gets better. Then what happens is my job that hasn't given a raise in seven years, in seven years, all of a sudden they call everybody downstairs. We're like, what? what's happening? Oh, the school is closing. Like, really, we thought it was closing. We're going to be laid off. And they said, we know it's been hard. So we're going to give you a 7% increase to your base salary. It gets better. We're going to give you that a year retroactive on a separate check. It gets better. Then they said, oh, and for those of you who have been a long time, you're going to get an extra longevity check. My God shall supply all of my needs according to his riches and glory. But I believe it's because I stood on his word, because I believed it. When I got scared, I proclaimed it. When I was afraid, I testified about it, that he would do it. I refused to let the barrier of fear, of provision, stand between me and God and what he could do. Our God is a good God, and he can do that for you too. Whew. I know my, my husband's aunt she believed so powerfully in the word of God that when her son was messing up, she began to put scriptures in the soles of his sneakers. She began to put, I'm not kidding. She put it in his pillow inside the filling. She put it in the lining of his jacket because she said the word of God is powerful. And where he goes, he's going to walk on it. He's going to be clothed in it. He's going to sleep on the bed of scripture. And that may sound radical to you, but whatever it takes to remove the barriers from your life, do it. Do it. So we got to use our weapon of scripture. We also have a weapon of prayer. The Lord says, Jeremiah 29, then you will call on me and come and pray to me and I will listen to you. There was a season of my life where I was so in despair. I had found out that my aunt was diagnosed with pancreatic cancer. I knew that God was going to take her. It was very quick, two months, and I was overwhelmed by it. And I remember the only thing I could do, I came to this point right here before there was a wall there, and I was right here. And I remember clearly that I could not even pray. Family, when you cannot pray, when you cannot cry out to God, it's okay to just cry in his presence. It's okay to scream. It's okay. He understands the language of tears and of groans. And I just, I couldn't even cry. I was numb. And I'll never forget, there was a sister that came behind me and just enveloped me. And she didn't pray a word. And I began to weep. And I began to weep. And what I didn't know is that behind her, there was another sister with hands uplifted, praying the prayers that I couldn't pray. And in that moment, without anyone saying a word to me, God told me, I am here. I am with you. You are not alone. It's going to be okay. We're going to make it through you and me. Just stay right here. Just stay right here. Family, we have to use our weapon of prayer to get the barriers out of our lives so that we can have all those glorious things that God wants for us. And worship team, you can come. For most, the term barrier-free is a term that we use when we're working with the special needs population. So for those of you who have a child with special needs or have worked in a school, you know that barrier-free refers to creating an atmosphere where you can give an individual access 
whether access to education, access to living alone, access to what they need to be independent, to be free of these barriers. It's the reason why at this church, we understand that if we have an adult or a child with special needs and they need to walk, that's okay. Because we want to give them access to what the Holy Spirit can do in and through their lives. Right? It's the reason why we've removed certain barriers. Now, we don't stop trying to teach, trying to help, but we give them the freedom to be who they are because they are members of us. Equally as important, equal value, equal worth. Right? It's the reason why last Sunday we were able to witness the most beautiful baptism service I have ever seen in my life. And I just want to ask you, if you were baptized on Sunday, can you please stand just right where you are? If you were baptized on Sunday, can you please stand? You can have a seat. You see, I remember when the, we gathered in the leadership room to discuss baptism service and how we wanted it to be, and we wanted to make it special. And I remember we said, oh, you know, let's have a call. We never do a call for salvation. And I don't know who was it who said, well, if we do the call for salvation, why can't they get baptized right there? You know, that's how they did in the Bible. You believe in Jesus Christ, let's baptize you. He's going to do the rest. Plug in, he's going to do the rest. And we said, okay. And Pastor Gary said to me, but, but what about their clothes? And we said, it's okay, we're going to buy clothes. I want to let you know I bought nine pants. Nine. Stacy's laughing because she knows we baptized 38 people that night. Oh, and only 19 of them were planned. So the rest. But if I tell you, how these people showed me a picture of getting rid of these barriers. It was beautiful. I'll never forget the first woman that came up and I said, you know, we have a change of clothes for you. She said, I don't care. And she looked good. She had her makeup done. She had a cute outfit on and jewelry, right Margie? She looked good. But she looked at me and she said, I just gotta get in there. You see, clothes didn't matter. The fact that she didn't have time to have this huge Bible class, it didn't matter. The fact that maybe she's never been in church before didn't matter. What mattered is, is that she saw Jesus and wanted to be a part of it, and she wasn't going to let anything stop her. I remember being moved by Oscar's son. I can't remember his name, but I remember he was Oscar's son. He told me I'm Oscar's son. I said, I'm sorry. There's people going in front of you. He said, that's okay, because I'm not leaving till I get in there. And I said, okay. See, time. Sometimes we limit ourselves with time. It's been too long, God, I don't have a wife. It's been too long, God, I don't have that job. It's been too long, God, I don't have that house. It's been too long. You haven't raised me up in ministry where I expected. And God is saying, just go. Don't limit. Don't question. Don't make sense of it. Don't respond in fear. Remove all the pride because I'm going to make it through with you. We are going to have a victory. We are going to move forward. That thing in your life is going to be broken once and for all at the mountain of God because I am the God. 
of Isaac, the God of Joseph, the God of Jillian, the God of Lee, the God of Siomara, the God of Daniel. And if I did it for them, I'm going to do it for you. You know, I just have to, I have to give a public apology to my son. He came to me and he said, Mom, can I get baptized? I said, no. Now, no, he had done it already. And I said, he just wants to because of the, the, the energy in the room. He wants just a little bit of attention. Not letting him do it. You, I said, did you understand the first time when you did it? He was like, yeah. I believe that Jesus died for me. You know, and he goes into it. He knew. But I restricted his access. Family, let's not restrict anyone's access. Let's take off those blinders off ourselves. And I got to tell you later, he told me, Mom, I understood it then. I believed it then and I believe it now, but it means so much more now. It means so much more. Jesus. And the last thing I just want to tell you before I ask, oh, this, was, this has been really good for walking. Thank you. <laughs> the last thing that I want to tell you guys is a quote that I saw on Instagram. And I got to leave you with that quote. Because family, I don't want you to be bound anymore with anything. If you're struggling in your marriage, tell somebody, get help. If you're, no matter what you're struggling with, get the help. Because God wants to do something amazing in this house. We see it. It's already happening. But there are some boundaries that need to come down before we can see all the promises that God has for us. And I close with this. Whatever you are not changing, you're choosing. A little deep to close with. But if you're not changing the very thing that's keeping you limited, constricted, and bound, then you're choosing to stay that way. I was so thankful today was Children in Ministry Day when I saw Camilla standing next to me and she was scared out of her mind. But something happened that you may not have noticed. All of a sudden, there were other kids up here worshiping. They were watching her. They were waving to her. It was okay for them to worship in front at the house of God because we took away those limitations of children can't serve, children can't sing. They are members of us. God can move through them. So family, this morning, I want to encourage you that if you need something broken, oh, wait a minute. I forgot my last weapon. How could I forget that last weapon? I'm not backing down from any giants. Oh, I'm going to stand here and worship you, God, in my situation. Meet me. So this morning, if you need some of that broken off of your life, let 
wants, come. Just come. I'm going to say prayer team. If you feel the need to pray, pray. But let's just worship into our victory. And let's change this stuff.